Good evening to one and all. This is episode 85 of Two Minutes for Chatting. It's been a while since we recorded, but I guess that's because it's been a while since we had some news to talk about, really. Yeah, it has. Um, good to talk a wee bit about hockey again. Um, obviously, with the Elite Week series going on just now. Clan obviously not involved, um, as you will see on their Twitter page. But <laughs> okay. yeah, there's, there's not been any incessant game match day updates, but there's still still a lot of nonsense going on there <laughs> for, for a club that we don't actually know what's happening with. But I suppose we will come on to that. Uh, but yeah, the the elite league going on, so a bit of bit of action there to watch. And uh, possibly some rumours flying about regarding the clan, so we'll see what our thoughts are on that. Uh, and then on to other sporting news, a couple of uh, pieces on the Euros and uh, I guess football in Scotland and elsewhere. So let's go with the clan first because that is what everyone cares about most. What is going on? Why such a a long silence, basically, other than the kind of trying to sell things tweets? <laughs> is it is it getting slightly worrying to you that nothing's been said? Um, I think generally, I mean, as, as a fan of Celtic and the the silences that there's been um, from them this season as well. Um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's not really been going on as long as that, um, in regards to clan. So, I don't really know what to make of it at this point because <clears throat> there was no set timetable or deadline for appointing a new head coach and then sort of starting the ball rolling again for hopefully the start of next season. Um, nothing much has really been said, though. I guess that is a bit of a concern. Um, there's not really been any sort of communication recently from Gareth Chalmers or anyone else at the the club so it is slightly concerning I think um, you know previous communications Gareth had said like um, you know it's all good yeah like everything's fine Um, everybody's positive we're wanting you know we're looking to get a, a new head coach in for the end of April May, June time. So we're we're at the beginning of that now. So I don't know really that there's maybe much to worry about. But um, I don't. I guess my point I'm trying to make is that you know, in, in comparison with Celtic, it's not really been as bad as that. But you know, maybe a point now where there, there could be some slight concerns creeping in. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah, I suppose I had forgotten really about the three-month window that they'd given <laughs> for thing for things all to happen. Bases. Yeah, yeah. It's just obviously you like some kind of updates about things. Clearly, they're still um, active on social media about um, you know hockey. That's the hockey that's going on. There's been the odd uh, press piece about. Um, some of the clan players who are down with other clubs. 
uh, they're retweeting league stuff, which they, they always did. It's not as if they've just disappeared. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be nice even just to have a, a, as annoying as they sometimes are, just another Gareth couple of paragraphs worth of this is what's happening just now. Um, I've seen in, in a couple of places a rumour going about regarding the clan actually not participating in the league next year. Um, and then coupled with that, there was the arena, Brayhead Arena manager leaving her position. Um, but I think all that's just come together conveniently to form a, a rumour that maybe there wouldn't be a clan next year. Uh, are there arena problems? You can only hope not, but you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes because you don't hear it. Hear it. Yeah, I know that's it. <clears throat> um, not yeah, as you say, like clan are still they're still churning out the usual on Twitter, but um, definitely you know it would be good to have a bit of communication now. Um, just if anything, just to sort of to sort of squash that that rumor that's going about because that will um you know that's that's going to have an effect on people if if there's if there's not going to be a clan again this season um yeah particularly if the league is going to go ahead um so i think now is the time i would say there needs to be a bit of communication now to the fans yeah i think other clubs are in a kind of favourable position like for example you've got Omar Pasha and Dundee who's been quite active on the Elite League social media stuff covering the series uh, like Todd Kelman down there from Cardiff obviously doing work for the league and you just know that these clubs are doing things and I've got no doubt Clan are as well but there was the trouble that into ran into <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that but the uh, you know the administration and then there was a chat about uh, what's happening with the arena and stuff so all that's bubbling under there but I think when Gareth comes out again he'll he'll try and alleviate any of the worries yeah I guess that's <clears throat> what, what everybody's kind of looking for now um, I hadn't even heard about that rumor until you brought it to my attention. So, yeah, I, I, I guess that's kind of far reaching. Thing, it hadn't yeah, gone. yeah. Um, so it's maybe just not anything, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how these. I don't know how any rumors start. Really, it's just a weird. It's like kind of weird concept, but at least, um, you know, maybe, maybe if they're listening. To, <laughs> If anyone at the club's listening to this, then uh, you know people will know it's it's maybe a thing. So that you know, kind of put just put a message out to the fans, really. Just calm everybody's nerves. Maybe throw in a wee update about um, where we're at for appointing a new head coach, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll record the we'll send this recording. And a, a CD and post it to the, the club at the arena just to make sure they listen to it. Um, 
or what what normally happens with these is that we do one of these and then within 24 hours there's an announcement of some kind so yeah that's that's right our timing is incredibly good for missing <laughs> all the big news um the other other thing i was going to say it just generally feels ages i know it has been but it feels ages since we're actually there watching live hockey um, mm. so to go another season without it would be horrible really because you, you you definitely realize how much you miss it and i think there'll be obviously people that miss it more for various reasons but it would just be great to get it back for for those those reasons and actually my expectations have gone way down i think that would generally be how it is people just be glad to get back in some form so the pressures may be off in that sense mm-hmm. yeah no that's, that's a fair point to make i think yeah i agree people will be just wanting hockey back of kind of any description at this point so um you know if that's achievable if that's possible then that would obviously be welcomed and i think the majority of fans will um you know have that same viewpoint where they're just glad like for the first season or two like they're just sort of glad to have some kind of hockey there because it has been uh you know it has been pretty horrendous not having it um, yeah just i think it's just like this at a time of the year it's it's on at and it um I don't know. It obviously just gives people something to look forward to as well. So I think um, it's definitely it's it's important that, that it does return. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I say there's no pressure after like two games if the results don't go well, it'll be be a boycott. <laughs> but uh, no, I think the the other thing is from the club's point of view, they'd they feel maybe like they've been building each year. The results haven't necessarily shown that, but trying to improve different aspects. And the longer the break goes on, you'd feel like it was more of a reset. And that mm-hmm. could probably be good or bad. Um, you know, if it goes on for a while, you you have to build up possibly a fan base again, depending on... Yeah. You, you know how the financial situations and everything else and then the absolute worst case scenario for example if they had to move arena or whatever then I can't see that being a thing but again you'd have to build up from there so any momentum that the club had lost in a sense which is kind of unfortunate yeah as it's kind of it's kind of out with the club's control from that from that aspect um we know there has been problems with with brayhead and uh with the owners and you know there's different aspects going on there but um yeah it's it's definitely a it's a tough one because there's no real alternative to playing there which is which no. is the concern um and you no. know if, if if things don't work out there then what you know what what's going to happen to to the club in general? Um, and yeah, definitely like as you say as well, having to try and 
build up a fan base again because if it's not if it's not happening this year then you know, people are going to start to look at other things to to do yeah. because that that will be an option as well because there will be um other things to do so it's just yeah it's not it's not an ideal scenario for for the club to be in and i, I understand it's probably not it's not a great time generally but um, just to kind of go back to that, I think um, you know, sort of maintaining that that contact with with the fans will will go a long way. I think. Absolutely, yeah. I think there's no doubt that Neil Black's obviously a fairly shrewd guy, so I don't think um, he would he would see losing the club as as a positive thing. So I think. Um, I just get the impression, you know, he would want to keep everything going. But there are certain things, like the arena that's probably out of their control, so we'll see. But, you know, one thing that's adding to the the uh, desire to see it again is the ongoing series. Um, and even seeing some of the current and past clan players that are doing well. Um, from, from everything that I've seen, it's been pretty successful. From a like a from a COVID point of view, I don't think they've really had any problems of note from that. Mm-hmm. And also, there's been some quite good, quite good hockey, high scoring games. Just, just what everybody wants, really. Um, not only for the hockey to be back, but plenty of goals. Uh, it's entertaining. I don't, I don't know how it's been um, in regards to this. Uh, webcasts i don't know what that's been like i know they had kind of issues at the start <laughs> yeah um, i think maybe even the first game there was an issue but, <laughs> uh, yeah i think around like the number of people that the platform could support they mm-hmm. possibly underestimated how many how many would tune in which seems a classic elite league kind of thing but since then i think they've got stuff sorted in there putting out a regular sort of media highlights package and, and stuff like that. And generally, I think, keeping up the buzz pretty well. And most of the teams, even the ones that aren't in it, as we've said, like Clan are promoting it pretty well, as are the other teams, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And, you know, you're seeing some guys get ice time that maybe wouldn't have got it in a as much in a normal league season and other guys who are putting themselves in the shop window for moves next year or contracts with elite league teams or elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is one one good uh, aspect of um, Clans Twitter is that they've, you know, they have been promoting it on a regular basis and, um, you know, with, with a view um, of, you know, seeing how, how the clan players are doing past and present I guess not really present but you know what I mean um, yeah uh, just you know guys like, like Peacock and Haywood and um, Jack Musel and, and Liam Stenton I think um, and how and how they're performing so it's it's good to, to have that and to, to continue to promote that um, from from Glasgow's point of view but um in terms of the elite league, it's uh, elite league, the elite series itself. 
Um, I don't think it's any any surprise to see um, Sheffield being the, the strongest team overall so far. No, they they definitely have been. Uh, I think early doors they lost their starting goalie. Um, I think he's only just back fit now. Uh, so they've had a lot of ice time for the, the younger backup goalies. Uh, Churchfield, I think, especially, and they've done quite well. But as we've said, I think it's more been more a case of outscoring the other team as opposed to, you know, the game's been based on uh, defensive aspects. Uh, but thankfully, you know, Sheffield hadn't just steamrolled everybody. Um, Manchester managed to beat them a couple of times. Um, Nottingham, after a slow start, improved. Actually, fr- from the start, it looked like Nottingham maybe would be the ones to to struggle, be the fourth seed. But Manchester managed to pit them to that <laughs> that wooden spoon. But ironically, <laughs> they they've been the ones who possibly played best against Sheffield. Um, yeah, so that's it, a, that's an interesting semi final. Yeah, it has been pretty good um, overall. I think you know, as you sort of said there, like every team has been been competitive, um, and I guess that was kind of always going to be key for this to to work well. So um, that's good to see. Yeah, as you as you said as well, Nottingham that's a slow start, but picked up a wee bit. I think Manchester kind of been maybe the opposite of that. Um, started off quite strongly but um perhaps not not doing as well now um because they did get those kind of early a couple of early wins against Sheffield as you said there as well so um yeah and a, cu- a couple of injuries they've had um so playing I think short defensively but hmm. uh, they, they've all got all the teams seem to have found guys who are certainly capable of scoring um, you know like Kieran Long at Manchester who's played his way I think into a GB slot for the World Championships yeah. of his performance um, other guys I'd, I'd noted Maxime Forte um, who's I think another possibly guy who came from college system Scott Simmons is their their top point scorer. Played with them last year, um, and then like Dallas Earhart, who we knows, captain and sort of solid performer. Mm. But we mentioned just before recording, Tristan Keck at Coventry pairing up with Mike Hammond, basically being probably the the standout partnership, I would say, in there. You know. Mm-hmm. Eberle at Sheffield, who's done well and was with them last year, possibly the year before, is the top point scorer. But every highlights package I watch that Coventry are involved in, Hammond and Keck have been the pair to keep an eye on. And I think Keck for sure. Hammond's a known quantity now. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of disappointing. We only got one season of him at Clan, but I think Tristan Keck will be. If he's not in the elite league next year, then he'll certainly get a move. Another professional team, for sure. 
Yeah, I, I guess that's it as well. You know, guys like Keck who haven't previously played in the league, but you know, choosing to come and and play in the elite series will only help them going forward. And I'm sure, you know, other other clubs in Europe will be will be looking at it as well and thinking that guys like Keck might be a, a good fit for them. So um definitely though struck up a really good uh partnership with Hammond there. Um after that as a kinda is that like a nine point drop off to the to their next highest yeah. um, scorer. So it's you can see how how important the two the two of them, Keck and Hammond, are uh, to Coventry. With the next, with the next one being sort of Nick Nick Germain, yes. one goal but 11, 11 assists. So definitely, like you know, overall, overall points wise, it's um, it's Hammond and Keck really. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the the other other teams, Christoph Boivan is Nottingham's top scorer. I think he's been playing with Kevin Deming on the same line. Those two have produced a good partnership. Boavan, I think, is uh, from the the U Sports League. So, you know, a lot of these guys, as we've said it before, like in the past episodes, you can find some really good players there. And even guys who possibly don't stand out completely in their university or, or college teams come to uh, professional teams and really show their talent I think um, mm-hmm. you saw like Hammond who was just average, maybe that's harsh saying average but he wasn't lighting up uh, the anywhere before when he came to the league Yeah, and now I would say he's probably one of the most, the best players in the league, certainly for assist, providing assists. And he's obviously now a, a GB player as well. He'll be big in the tournament in the summer. So guys like that can really kick on, get themselves some good moves. Um, and Liam Kirk as well at Sheffield has been really impressive. Like I remember a couple of years ago when he played at Sheffield, he always was a talented player, but now when he's just bigger and faster, it just looks like a guy who is going places, I guess, to use that expression. Yeah, certainly. Um, as you say as well, I think overall the the sort of point scoring in general has been higher than it well high, higher than it would normally in a in a league season. Um, you know, you only have to look at at guys like Liam Kirk with like twenty points in twelve games. So, you know, sort of touching two two points a game, there or thereabouts. But yeah, um, so that's really impressive. Um, you know, given uh, <clears throat> given how how sort of strong the teams are and how competitive it is. Um, so that's. You know that's that's a a big positive for for him as well. Um, I think he will end up getting a move elsewhere. But um, yeah, I think he's contracted to Sheffield possibly for next season, like on a kind of fallback type position. But I think mm. you'd like to see 
see him move on somewhere and he's definitely good enough as as has been seen in the past. Um, yeah, because he was good like when he when he went to North America he's sort of, I think he did really well there with, with Peter Bra- Yeah. Was it Peter Brapeat, sorry? Yeah, but, I think I think it's um Derek Walser that was maybe the coach there. I don't know if he still is, but Right. Uh, you can see yeah he's developed a lot. As I've said, like just uh, physical changes as well make a big big difference to a guy's game mm-hmm. like that. You know, you just you just get faster and stronger. So uh, he's he's been he's been great for Sheffield and possibly you wouldn't have seen him being second top scorer among some of the other talent they've got, but it just it just shows you he's been given a lot of ice time and a, a key role really. Yeah. Someone for someone for Matt Cowlett to look up to. Well, just, yeah. Like, uh, and and why not really? Because he's got like I, th- I think he does have the skill set, Matt Cowlett. But it's just, um, you always kind of feel like he he needs to put on a bit of weight and um, you know, be a bit more physical because it is a physical sport here, especially yeah. in the UK as well. So, um, definitely something, something for or I guess someone for for Howlett to kind of look up to, I guess, in that respect. But um, I'm not saying they will turn out to be a, anything like Liam Kirk, but it's a good um, it's a good target to have. Yeah, exactly. It's playing, getting, I think, a, a decent bit of ice time, uh, albeit playing fourth line at Coventry. Um, Howlett's got just the one goal. Um, but as you say, yeah, it's a good shout to to look up to these guys and try and try and get to a, a decent level. You know, it's a shame that didn't really work out for him at, at Clan, but just the timing and just the coaches they had and just didn't really show it. it didn't fit, and it was I think the right time for him possibly not to come back and try something different. Yeah. No, I agreed. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about current clan players and and their performances. Yeah, absolutely. I had um, was looking at uh, Haywood, who's played twelve games, one assist. Um, as I said, I've I've not seen any of the live streams, so haven't haven't focused on any of these guys in particular, but I would say that uh, Peacock has moved up the lines recently and uh, started to develop a bit of a partnership with, I think, Fawcett and possibly Scott Simmons he's moved up to play with. Um, two goals and an assist for Peacock. Uh, you know, we've, not <laughs> we've talked so much about Peacock. He is, there, is a, <laughs> there is a good player in there. It's just I I never thought he he showed that for Clan and in a way you you want him to find that again at Manchester for time from what I would assume be a return to Clan next year. Yeah, you want you want him to again. This is a line that that we've spoke about and we've done eighty five podcasts now. I think we've said it in every single one. But Peacock needs to needs to get back to the Belfast days and it. It is true though, but um, 
again, I, I've I've not seen seen any of the games, so I, I can't really comment on his performances. Um, you can only really go on on the stats. Um, if he is playing with um, on that Simmons line now, then you know maybe you know it might start to see a bit more in terms of production if he's on a line with with those guys. But um, yeah, I don't know. Three three points from thirteen. I I don't know. He's he's got to be. He's got to be our top uh, GB player when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to be that guy unless we unless we bring in somebody else. You know, like another uh, high end guy to replace how let's say. Yeah, or that... Peacock's got to be that guy. You're you're never looking to Haywood for that, but no, Haywood's Haywood's a, a different type of player. I think Peacock's got to be that guy that's looking up. If we're talking about looking up to players, yeah. uh, the likes of um, Luke Ferrara at Coventry, uh, Kieran Long, Robert Dowd. Even, I mean, Dowd's probably the exception. He's been, if not the top sort of Brit in the league for the last few years, then right up there. Um Peacock should yeah. be looking at those guys again yeah, he's, and, he and producing touch and distance of them. Yeah, I think Ferrara was Ross Venus as well. Even at Coventry, those two had incredible years last season. Yeah. Um, and, and why can't why can't Peacock do that? I don't know. Maybe we're being too harsh. Maybe it's the system, or I know uh, that you know who, who he's been playing with. It's it's hard to do that because yeah. It's also hard. It's hard for us to to really comment on it, given that we've not really we've not seen any of it. So, um, although the only, I, I guess, one of the only sort of small number of highlights that that I've seen of the Elite series so far um, has been one of Peacock's goals, and it was, I think, he was just uh, passing it across across the face, and it <laughs> sort of hit someone's skate and went in. So. Yeah, the old you can't have our own goal in hockey. So the <laughs> yeah, guy exactly. touched the last goal. Yeah. Um. So I mean, if we're if we're going on that, then it's not great. But yeah, it's it's difficult to comment really. Um. But you're right. You should be you should be looking towards those guys, um, the top Brits, uh, and you know. He's done it before, so we know that he can do it to really sort of push himself. Um, especially, you know, if he's going to continue to be with Clan going forward. Yep, I completely agree. Um, elsewhere, Liam Stenton been playing sort of on and off with Nottingham. Um, I think he's played or certainly dressed for all the games. Uh, with limited ice time, uh, but from what I from what I'd seen and also heard from some of the comments, he's he's been steady, and we always thought that when when he played here, I thought for sure he was one for the future. Yeah. Um he he was arguably <laughs> probably the, our best Brit player. In fact, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe even best 
in the team at one point. Um, yeah, yeah, he really stood out. Really saying something um, for that season, but you know, he was he was steady, and I guess that was kind of what what was required of us at, at that point. Um, so you know, if he is if he's going to be like that, then I think he's going to be key for us, maybe. Um, going forward, obviously we don't know what what the league's going to look like next season, and um, but you know if we can get a guy like Liam Stenton who's um, you know sort of stable at the back, then that's that's going to be good for us. Yeah, I think that's an important point. The format of the league, we really don't know, and if it is a reduced import limit, for example, then these guys are really going to have to. Turn up, and and that'll maybe help them. You know, they're not. I, yeah. I'm not specifically talking about Stenton because I, I think he's been he's been good. But for example, Peacock, if he if he's given more of a role, almost, um, then perhaps that puts a bit more pressure on these guys, and mm. you might um you might get the best out of them, but. That's to be remains to be seen. I think that's another uh, point of discussion. Obviously, the legal need to come out at some point and inform everybody what what is going to going to be happening. But they'll need that from the clubs. You know what's yeah. the what's the format going to be? What is the import numbers and so on and so forth? So those two things will tie in together, but. Again, it would be nice to have something to look forward to from that point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fi- well, I guess kind of finally, for in terms of clan, Jack Muso. Three, not not seen, not seen a lot of ice time really. Was he dressed for three games for for Sheffield? So not you're not really getting a no a good look at him, um, which is you know a, a bit disappointing for. Um, for Clan's point of view, um, you just wonder really if he would have maybe got a bit more ice time at one of the other teams had they been drafted yeah. by them. But he is where he is. Yeah, he's he's at least got the chance. Um, you never know. Trying to be positive, you could say that playing there with with those guys for a few weeks will will bring his game on. Um, I don't remember the day. Was he announced as leaving or not returning, I think? Or am I just, are we just making uh, it up? I think you might be right, actually. But he is on the, I'm just looking at the clan's Twitter page and there's a header. Right. And they've got like Haywood, Peacock, Stenton and Muzo. Okay. And, it's, and it says, watch our boys on TV. Okay. Um, so that's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, kind of I mean, just had something, a vague memory that they'd said that they weren't returned, but maybe that was just Howlett. Yeah. I think you're it, this, oh. this could all have gone out the window and it might be yeah. complete U-turns with the R comeback. I don't know. There's not been not been any updates, but I think this whole thing has shown that, uh, that the league is capable of running something like this. Which can only be a good thing, mm-hmm. but you've got the the balance of needing crowds in for financial reasons. So I, I don't think 
there's going to be any chance, as we said before, of of them running a season without without the crowds. Uh, no. So the 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 stuff with trialing uh, return to stadiums for fans is obviously good, and the and the vaccine vaccination rates. So we can only hope that by that point there will be the possibility for crowds to be back, and we just need the team to go and see. Yeah. Um, having crowds is really that's the kind of first step and obviously it's going to be um, in in football grounds so you know out, like kind of outdoors I don't know yeah I don't know how that's going to how that's going to work for for um, hockey arenas but uh, I guess that's kind of for a bit further down the line but hopefully you know things are moving in the right direction now and uh Hopefully it continues to do so over the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a kind of live update on the semi-final status. Uh, yes. Yeah, last night, Sheffield and Manchester, first leg. Sheffield winning 5-4, which is a high-scoring tight game. So that's kind of all still in the balance, I would say, for uh, the second leg. Uh, but in the other game, Nottingham... 3-1 up on Coventry, so 5-1 on aggregate. So it looks like they've sort of just started to find their form and they'll have barring any miracle comebacks from Coventry. It looks like that might be the last we'll see of your Hammonds and Kecks and Nottingham will be in the final against you would expect Sheffield, but then Manchester we know can can cause that upset, so they'll still fancy it. Um, can score. Can score, oh, yeah. Is that, <laughs> that, that was, the five thing for uh, Scott Arson? Yeah, can yeah the signing video. Yeah, yeah can score, right. can assist. I don't think he said can assist, but something like that. Um, <laughs> but a, a Nottingham-Manchester final would be obviously the, the third and fourth seeds into the final, I think. So that would be a bit of a turn up, but I fancy Sheffield myself to get through that and uh, probably just about just about tip the whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been all right, apart from no clan. Yeah, um, I guess it's kind of slightly surprising that that Nottingham have um, have done so well. I guess against against Coventry and. Um, albeit it's still going on, but it looks as if Nottingham are, are in the final now, I would say. Um, so that's a bit, of, not a shock, I guess, but just a bit unexpected, I would say. Um, Sheffield and Manchester are still, still tight, but you you always you would always fancy Sheffield, really. Yeah. Um, and again, if that were to happen, then I think you know they would be. Favorites, probably at that point, given their their record over over Nottingham in general, and um, that kind of, I guess, kind of derby thing as well going on. So yeah, um, it'll be an interesting final, regardless who's in it. But uh, that would be the, you know, if Nottingham were to get there, then a Nottingham Sheffield final would be um, quite the quite the spectacle. Yeah, 
I think next time we uh, talk about it, we'll probably have have a result and hopefully some uh, some clan based stuff to to carry on the hockey discussion. But for now, um, moving on to the the football, there's been uh, as you'd mentioned before, not too much happening from a Celtic point of view, but uh, with Celtic obviously being the size of club they are, the, the no news is almost just about as big news as as, as any news would be. Really, <laughs> it's just it's dragging along. But possible possible appointment soon, or do you think it's just all more rumor? I'm just convinced it is rumor until something actually happens at this point. Because it's it's been over two months now since since Lennon was sacked. So. Um, and you know, within that time, there's been rumours about all different kinds of appointments. So I, I think the the most prominent one has been the Eddie Howe uh, rumour, which has never really seemed to go away. So I guess it's kind of looking likely that it, it maybe might be Eddie Howe. But yeah, um, I guess I, I think. It was maybe in the papers actually in the past day or so talking about Eddie Howe um, and assembling his uh, backroom staff and and whatnot. So I don't know. I, I don't know when an announcement's going to be going to be made or when that's likely to be. But um, you know, if if it is Eddie Howe, then it's it's got to be positive. Yeah, I think I think he would be. He would be a good appointment for Celtic. Um, if it is a delay in, in getting backroom staff and whatever else he needs to sort out, then I guess that's quite good from your point of view that he's uh, he's getting all those things in place. Because, you know, in the past, there's been problems with uh, managers possibly not having their, their full coaching team that they'd want. You, you want to get everything in place if you're going to do it, do it properly kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, that's it. And I know there's been conflicting reports from from fans about what they would want at the club going forward and a director of football and it was always, you know, the the rumour there was always Fergal Harkin from, from Man City. And I don't know how likely that still is to happen. I know that um you know if it was if it was to be Eddie Howe then I think he would have preferred his own director of football or, you know, a similar position to that to be Richard Hughes who he worked with at Bournemouth. I think still is at Bournemouth. Um so again that could be a a potential stumbling block given their um push for promotion into the Premier League so um, yeah. again that could be maybe not a, maybe not a stumbling block but just something um, that's maybe delaying the announcement being made do, do you think if they are going with that kind of format with the director of football that they would announce one being in place before the manager or do you think it's kind of past that point where not where anybody cares, but that you could announce stuff in, in either order. I suppose you could make a, an announcement about 
all of that at the same time, really, couldn't you? Um, yeah. You know, behind the scenes, it can work in whichever way you want. It's not that the new manager wouldn't know who's going to come in kind of thing. They would want to know all that, have all that in place. So it's just how mm. and when you make the announcements, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. I think, um, again, kind of rumours are going about that it was to be the director of football that was going to be announced first before a head coach. But um, I guess you don't like don't really know at this point. And it, the longer it drags on, um, you know, the, the more you sort of second guess what's what's going to happen and um, until the club make an announcement there's really nothing there's nothing else to be said that hasn't already been said I guess it's just um, time is time is ticking it is yeah and I think the, the overall opinion is the sooner sooner the better getting everything in place for as you know like European qualifiers kind of creep up soon yeah and obviously there's there's the Euros as well in between that. So, uh, so Euros, the European qualifiers, and also a, a a massive squad rebuild. I think in the summer. Yes, huge. Too, which is you know even if they have like if it's been a not announced if it's been if Howe's accepted the position but not nothing's been said to the fans yet then I guess I would be kind of fine with that knowing that he's uh, working away in the background. Looking at signings and um, what what he's wanting to do with the squad and who he's wanting to get in for next season. Yeah, and it, and it's probably the first time in in the sort of ten year, not in the ten year period, but in the in the past few years where there's going to be quite as big a turnover. I think everybody expects it. Um, yeah, you know there might be some surprises in there, but. I think most people probably expect that a lot of the big names will, will be away. So, yeah, there's there's work to be done from the recruitment point of view as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and I guess that's what the kind of director of football situation is. And um, again, could be the case that that's already been agreed, and director of football's looking at, um, you know, potential players to come in and. Um, that sort of thing, uh, working behind the scenes at at the current time, but we don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a difficult one again to talk about because you don't know. <laughs> you, you don't know exactly what's happening. You can you can uh, speculate, but once somebody's in place, then I suppose you'll get more of an idea of of what direction they're going, and they'll you'll hear that from them themselves. Because uh-huh. I've got no doubt that whoever comes in, the first questions are going to be who's who's staying, who's going, and whatever else. So it's a it's a tough job for whoever it is. But I think, yeah, how just to to finish up on him, I think he would be a, a very good appointment from all accounts. So um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Good good man manager. Which you know could could be key for a lot of um, for a lot of players, and you know might might even persuade a few that were maybe looking to go to to stay um, as well. Whether he would want that or whether the players would want that is a, a different matter. But um, 
yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, another piece of uh, kind of related news talking about the Euros was that uh, the Euro squad size was increased to 26, which you tell me you weren't aware of, but <laughs> given that you are now, um, that will have probably quite a significant impact on on all the teams really, but interesting from a, a Scotland point of view that uh, you've got guys who arguably should have made the, the last 23 for the World Cup qualifiers who will now be um, really eyeing a place in that squad. Uh, I guess it means possibly you've got more guys who just might not get game time, but it, it gives you the scope to bring in other options. I'm thinking uh, like David Turnbull, who a lot of people thought should have been in the, the squad anyway. I think mm. will definitely be now that Brian Jack's out. Uh, also guys like uh, Kevin Nisbet, for example. Yeah. Who's been doing really well. We always need more striking options. Albeit I think Shea Adams is is going to be good for us, but you've you've got a group of guys you'd think are probably stick ons to be in that squad based on how loyal Steve Clark seems to be. But other guys now will be thinking I've got a good chance in the last few games of the season to impress and get in there. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um I think a lot of Scotland fans were sort of surprised that David Turnbull wasn't in the last squad, so I feel like that that kind of makes sense that he would that he would now be picked. Um, and I know it's a kind of it's maybe a bit of a crowded area, this a midfield for Scotland, but um, in particular that position, though I think um, sort of playing just behind or just just off the striker or um, or strikers is is probably Turnbull's best position and I think, you know, um certainly been been playing there week in, week out for Celtic and, and playing in that role ahead of Christie as well. Yeah. Um which and I and I know obviously Christie's performances for Celtic haven't been great, but um Christie for Scotland's a different player. Um so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how you know if he were to be Involved in the squad, how he would fit and how, um, how Steve Clark's going to use that squad as well, um, because you obviously don't want you don't want guys just going for the sake of it. Uh, I don't. There's a, there are other areas of the pitch that need looked at though. I think. That yeah, I think for it. sure. I, I think Turnbull though is, is almost like a, a standout. Not that I necessarily uh-huh, think yeah. he, will, he will start games because, uh, you know, Scotland have got kind of fairly settled group of players that you know Steve Clark likes, but he's the kind of guy that can definitely come on and change games. But mm-hmm. you look at some of the defenders that have been sort of in and out, like McKenna, uh, talk about even Jack Kendry, who's really didn't didn't get on well at all at Celtic, but has done well in uh, is it Belgium he's playing? Yeah, I think you know, the, I, I think he was actually voted um 
Belgian player of the season by the by the fans, I think. Yeah, I mean, I that's, wrong, but that's, that's an incredible turnaround, but there, there's got to be something in that. You know, I think there were yeah. rumours about him getting into the last squads anyway, so uh, he could he could have an argument. And then in the midfield, like uh, Ryan Gold, who's been playing in Portugal, and even Billy Gilmore at Chelsea, depending on how much game time he gets, they'll they'll be looking at, at the extra places. Um, other names I had I'd noted down: Forrest, who's been out with injury, but hmm. again, he's been pretty good in the past for Scotland and gives you a wee bit extra that maybe you don't have at the moment. Uh, Shankland, Nisbet, we said, uh, and then even Griffiths, but I don't know if Griffiths is past, like has, has missed this chance kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Griffiths has done himself any favours um, going back to to the start of the season, really, and um, you know the the shape that he was in then, and he's not really improved since then. But um, he is a guy that you know he's a he is a goal scorer, so he's always likely to get himself involved, and um, you know I guess that's. Has he left it? Has he left it too late for himself? Um, I guess that is that's kind of the question, really. Because um, I fit Lee Griffiths would would be in the squad. No, no questions about it. Absolutely, I, I think he was in the he was in the squad for the Euro qualifiers, wasn't he? The Serbia game, and he maybe even did he come on? I don't know. He took a he certainly took at least a penalty in a couple of the games. I think so. Yeah, he was involved there, but. I think depending on how Celtic finish the season, if if Kennedy's changing up the team for the last few games, then maybe he will start Griffiths. Uh, you don't know. It, it just depends. So if Griffiths finishes the season, scores, what are there, four games left? Or three games left? Three, scores, yeah. scores a few goals, then... Shows he's he's back to some kind of fitness. Then mm-hmm. you never know; he might he might be included. Uh, but it's a difficult one. He, as you said, he's he's capable of of big goals, um, but he's not. It's the attitude kind of thing. I think that's giving him trouble. Yeah, um, I know. I, I I guess that's it. It's just. It's, it has been up to to him really, um, and you know now it's it's, it's kind of not up to him because if he's not if he's not been given a chance then um, it's it's out of his hands now. So um, he's not done himself any favors this season. Uh, but you know we obviously know that there is a there is a player in there. So you know if if that can be unlocked in the next few games. Um, if he plays, then, then who knows? Uh, can I throw in? Can I throw in a wee wild card? Yeah, absolutely. Stephen Welsh. Mhm. Yeah, he's been impressive. Um, done really well. Yeah, I think um, in in the Celtic team, 
um, which has obviously not been great. But you know, he's he's come in and played, you know, regularly in the last, um, the last dozen or so games. I think, uh, you know, in that in that time since since Lennon's left, anyway, I think uh, defensively Celtic have been a bit better. Um, and I don't think that's a coincidence that he's been involved in in all the games. Uh, not, you know, there's there's obviously elements to his game that he could improve on, but I think, um, you know, if we're talking about more places being available, and um, you know, that is a an obvious a problem area for Scotland. Um, the centre half position. So I think again that could be something that, that might be looked at. Whether he'll get a game or not, we don't know, but at least it's a at least it's a sort of steady option to have. It's a good shot, um, yeah. And you know, it, it gives him the opportunity to uh, to test himself um at the kind of at the kind of highest level as well. Um so just that that a wee wild card for there, um, goalkeepers. I don't. I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, no, it was just they've just gone with the same, the same uh, group, hasn't it? Really, in the uh, in the past, Marshall, Gordon, and John McLaughlin. So, I think only really John McLaughlin's place would be the one that is possibly up for grabs. I would say. Yeah, but I I've, mean, just just given what Marshall's done, whether or not people think he's the best, he's the best keeper. I, I think he'll be he'll be there. So I really only see one, possibly one position up up for grabs there. Yeah, I I think that's kind of the where I was trying to get to was the was that John McLaughlin um position uh. You know, which could, which could be a question, but I guess we don't, don't really know um, at this point what's what's going to happen there. But um, definitely, like, definitely loads of options for for Steve Clark to to think about. Yeah, it's just the the excitement's definitely building. Um, I think by the time the warm up games come, then it'll feel feel like. Uh, you know things are just just round the corner, and by the time we get stuck into the first games, I think, uh, I think it will be great. Whether or not we actually progress, I think's realistically unlikely, isn't it? But um, real looking forward to it, and you know, it's, it's a it's a chance to just enjoy Scotland games again for a while, because yeah, bef- before before the qualification and even a couple of those World Cup qualifiers after it, you remembered that a lot of the time Scotland games aren't enjoyable. But <laughs> I think these it's it's almost a, a free hit just because the expectations are low, but I think uh, we've got a chance to cause cause a bit of an upset. Yeah, I agree. Um, pressure should be off, really, so there's no, there should be no pressure on the players to go and perform, um, which should which should help them. Um, 
hopefully. Uh, I don't, it's, it is going to be difficult, obviously. It's a, it's a tough group. I think they all they all are going to be tough groups, but um, you know, if we if we get anything, um, then I'll then I'll be happy. Uh, but yeah, yeah definitely. especially off England. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, and and at Wembley, so um, yeah. But you know, obviously, the England squads, yeah, it's really a really strong, yeah, strong team. Uh, yeah, when you when, uh, you, th- when you think about the sort of debates they've got about their twenty-three men squads, then yeah. to to give teams like that another three spaces, yeah, is just you know it's it's a bit scary, but we'll we'll be get a good show, and I think I hope. That's what I really want. Because mm-hmm. if we go out there and lose heavily, then as much as we say it's a it's a free hit, it's you you don't want to sort of get embarrassed. Almost, I, I don't think we will. But there's no. a bit of me that that worries about a couple of the a couple of those games. Yeah, we've got, we've got a tough draw, so we'll just we'll see. I don't think um well. The, the way Steve Clark plays, I don't think um I don't think it's likely that we'll be embarrassed. Um but, you know, similarly I don't want us to be ultra defensive and just sit back because that's obviously what the kind of downfall was against um Israel in the last game. So it it's it's finding a balance where, you know, you want to be solid defensively but you also want to pose a threat as well um, and I guess that's kind of that's kind of the point that there's not there's not a great deal of pressure uh, on the players it's going to be tough um, but you know the last time Scotland were at a major tournament I think it's just it's all going to be about enjoyment and, and get you know get the players to sort of channel that and um, just really enjoy uh, the the time at, at the Euros. Yeah, and we just uh, got to hope that uh, none of our players is is ruled out of the Euros because they need to uh, attend a, a polling station, which <laughs> which just recently, well, the news came out today about uh, Marcelo, the Madrid defender possibly missing the, the second leg against Chelsea because he's he's been called up to monitor a polling station the day before and the restrictions would mean he, he couldn't get to the game the next day if he has to do that which I thought has got to be well one of the funniest but probably most unlucky ways to be ruled out <laughs> of a not that he's, he's short of playing Champions League finals or whatever but Mm-hmm. Uh, you can imagine some uh, another players maybe would only get the chance to get to the final once getting ruled <laughs> out because they've got to go down to the polling station at Cuthcart or whatever and uh, they miss the chance to go to the Euros or whatever it is that would be that would be up there with with the, the worst best reasons to miss big games <laughs> it's definitely one of the most bizarre things that I've heard um, for missing a game I can't 
honestly can't think of anything else that would even come close to it. Um, obviously, you've got, you know, you have maybe like Korean players that have like some military service or whatever. Um, but you know, I I don't know. I, I can't I can't think of anything else that's sort of like that. Um, yeah, you get you get just, strange strange injuries that rule players out. But ah uh, like yeah, that thing where was it Canizares, the Spain keeper that dropped a can of deodorant in his foot. Oh, yeah, uh, but but if it's not an injury, that's almost worse. You know. Uh, Aye. So interested to see it. These things normally work out because you've got you know they'll have 10 lawyers going through hoops to try and find out the the legal side of why they can be excused from doing it and they'll probably play but it's, it's funny that it's a possibility might not. Yeah I think that's it. The, the possibility that he's imagine walking in imagine walking into a to a polling station and seen seen Marcel there. I know that's the other funny thing. Yeah. Just being like, we should address me. <laughs> Scoring yeah. you off a sheet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, putting your putting your ballot paper in the in the wee box and seeing them use the ruler. They always have got the ruler <laughs> to score through the address. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, funny done that, thought. mate. Just just fold it and put it in that box. Eh? Yeah, that's good. Hey. Put a cross into the box, Marcelo. Oh, exactly. He's, he's not. He's not short of a few of those. That's good. That yeah, should yeah. have been the headline. Probably, <laughs> probably will be. <laughs> um, now I'll, I'll see. It'd be funny to to see if he actually does play. But for for next time, I'm going to make a point of looking up, seeing if I can find any other strange reasons why uh, people are ruled out of big games. But, um. I think that's uh, most of the the stuff I wanted to cover this this episode. Um, did you have anything anything else on on your plate? No, I think I think we've we've covered everything really that we wanted to to discuss for now. And then tomorrow, when Clan announce a new head coach, we'll be <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll bring in another episode on Friday. Like <laughs> with an emergency pod, but yeah. Here's hoping for some for some updates, but you know, in, in the meantime, there's always hope and rumor and expectation. Exactly, that's that's all we've got. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I I'll need to go and uh, do my polling station duties. Uh, but for anybody else that doesn't, I, I hope you I hope you enjoy your day. Um, and whoever's listened to this. Thanks very much for doing so, and we will be back next time with, as ever, hopefully, more news. And thanks to everybody for turning up. Indeed. Echoed. Echoed by me. All right. Cheers and a good night.